Hello, Valley family. It is uh, great to be seen by you uh, on our online campus. Big shout out to everybody. I can't see you, but obviously uh, you can see me. And this is the best we can do right now. And so we're just so thankful for uh, this technology that allows us for years. And now it has become absolutely essential uh, to to connect as a church family together. Also want to welcome so many of you that are joining us, maybe for the first time uh, as guests, literally. Our, our, our devices have gone up from several hundred a week previous to coronavirus to several thousand every week, averaging over 5,000 uh, devices every single week. So we love you and uh, we, we hope you're experiencing really uh, God's presence with you during this time, this stay-at-home uh, time. And uh, we have so much that we're doing just to, to really help you connect uh, through Facebook Live, different events we have at devotions in the morning, prayers at night at 8 and 8, also Saturday morning prayer where you can actually real time send in your prayer requests and we pray over those at 8 a.m. on Saturdays and uh, real excited this week my wife and I are going to begin something new, uh, an add-on and we're going to call this the lunchtime lift on Wednesdays, Wednesday at 12 or 12.30, you'll hear more about it. Uh, My wife Susie and I are just going to be sharing about some relationship principles in the Bible We know that, you know, being at home so much together, some marriages have gotten a little strained, some some parent-child relationships gotten a little strained, a little stressed, and and we want to help you out because the Bible is all about relationships. It's about God's relationship with us and our relationship with one another, and and so we just want to do all we can to help and to serve you during this time. And uh, I also want to just say, talking about serving, man, I, I am just so proud of This incredible church family of ours, uh, Valley family, serving our community every single day with our partnership with Flores Food Truck. And uh, it's just absolutely incredible. And Valley, I just thank you for your hearts. There's so many, uh, even just, just a moment ago, I was back in the back and people preparing meals and bags and uh, you know groceries and, and things like that, that, that we are ramping up and expanding our serving in our community, not just for a handful, but for literally thousands and thousands in our community. And your heart, Valley family, uh, is just showing the heart of Jesus Christ, who Jesus himself said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And, and, and boy, you are just demonstrating the heart of Jesus in our community at a time when our community needs us the most. So thank you so much, Valley family. I, I am just uh, honored and humbled uh, to be considered the leader of this incredible church family. You, you really are amazing. Uh, I, I want to, before we jump into the message, this is week number two uh, in our series, God of Miracles, but before we jump into the message, and I hope you'll go ahead and open up your Valley app. It'll save your notes on, on the Valley app. You can download that for free uh, in your device store, uh, your online store for whatever device you're watching. And uh, I, I want to talk for just a second Uh, Because I've gotten this question so much on Sunday nights, 8 o'clock, we have the uh, Ask the Doctor, where where it's a Zoom call, and people are joining in there and asking me questions and doing my best to give them an answer based on the Bible. Uh, But this question has come up a lot there, and just in other 
text conversations and other Zooms that I've been on uh, recently, and, and, and I just want to take a moment and answer the question for us on the online community, our, our Valley Online campus, because the reality is this is the most when we're all together, gathered together. And here's the question, you know, did God do this? D- did God do this in terms of this coronavirus, is he punishing us? Is God angry? Uh, you, you know, is he pouring out his wrath? Did God do this? And, and is he judging us? You know, the, all kind of the same question. And I want to answer that. Uh, and, and, and here's what the Bible says. I think it's really important that we understand this. James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, I love this in a message translation, God is impervious, I love that word, God is impervious to evil and puts evil in no one's way. God is impervious to evil. And what does impervious mean? It means God is inaccessible, unmoved, impenetrable, watertight, he's immune to evil. In other words, evil never comes from God. It never comes from God. And it's crazy how often in our minds, I mean, there is evil in the world, and it radiates from a being called Satan. We have an enemy. There's no question about that. And, and Jesus told us what his agenda is for our life. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, the thief, which is another name for Jesus, comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Doesn't that sound like the coronavirus? Yeah, it's his plan. Steal, kill, and destroy. But then Jesus says, and this is so important that we understand, this is God. Jesus says, I've come that you would have life and have it to the full. So when there's life and fullness of life, when when we connect with Jesus, when we receive him as our Savior, we realize what life really is all about. And we begin to live our best life. It doesn't necessarily mean we're healthy, wealthy, and wise. But what it means is we, we find out the purpose we were created for and we find fulfillment. That's God's plan for your life. That's God's plan for this planet, for everyone on it. But there is someone else who also has a plan, the thief, and his plan is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his plan. And then there's also a third player in this uh, epic, and that's humanity. And we as human beings, we don't naturally bend toward God's will. And we cause a mess of things. And so the whole entire story of the Bible is this. God creates everything perfect. Man screws it up. Humanity screws it up because instead of obeying God, we've chosen to obey our own desires and temptations of the evil one. And so it's really, really, I think, important that, I I mean, if you're Satan, one of his names is the deceiver, wouldn't you, if you're a deceiver, wouldn't you want people to think that a God who is love and good and kindness does evil and death and steal and destroy? That's exactly what he wants you to think. That's exactly what he wants me to think, to blame God for the evil in the world. Jesus said, I've come that you'd have life. There's one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's not God. I've come that you'd have life and you'd have it to the full. And the thing is, God is doing some amazing things in the midst of all all the darkness and all the grief. God is moving and God's doing some incredible things. Just this past week, we had uh, 
Hudson Valley, uh, Unite Hudson Valley. We had 13 churches represented praying together. I, I hope you, you, you saw that. It was just absolutely incredible. We've already talking about, you know, continuing that in the future as well on some sort of regular basis long after the coronavirus uh, crisis is done. God's doing an awful lot, but I think it's really, really important that we don't confuse origin with outcomes. We don't confuse the, where this originated from. What's the origin of the coronavirus with the outcome? There's a lot of really good things that are going, that are happening that God's doing in the midst of all this. Which, by the way, you know, let's, let's give God some glory. Let, let's give him all the praise. You, you know, remember the projected death toll in the United States was 2.2 million. Right now it's 46,000. And, and man, it's heartbreaking that there's even 46,000 uh, fatalities. But there's a huge difference in 2.2 million and 46,000. I think God held it back. I think he's holding it back. But let's not confuse origin with outcomes. Because God's involved, it doesn't mean it came from him. It means God says, that's enough. No more. I'm not going to allow any more of that. And I think God is on the move. And I just want to give him all the glory and all the praise. Because God is moving in our community God is moving in our state. God is moving in our nation. And God is moving in our world. Jesus said, I've come that you'd have life. And you'd have it to the full. And so it has to do with our series. Everything I'm saying is about miracles. About miracles. Last week we talked about anchor for the soul. That, that, that we can have hope in the middle of difficulty. And the reality is, this book, the Bible, this, this is a book of miracles. This is a book of miracles. There are small miracles. There are you know, things like God makes an axe head float in a body of water. Uh, that, that's, that's pretty small, but an axe head, but it's pretty incredible. There's small miracles. There's medium miracles. There's large miracles. And there's extra large miracles. I think right now God's doing some extra large stuff when it comes to this coronavirus. But, but the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation, is a book of, of miracles. It's a book of God intervening in the middle of darkness and difficulty. And why does he do that? Because God is good. And we have an enemy who is not good, that wants to steal from us, wants to kill us, wants to destroy. And left to our own selves, we as humanity, we're not good. We compare ourselves to others and try to make ourselves feel good, but we're selfish. And that's why we need God to change our hearts, to transform our minds as we follow after and follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Jesus brings, God brings the super into the natural. The super into the natural. And I want to look at, a, this is just a really cool story. Uh, you know, I think one of the coolest stories in the Bible. I want to look at it and just read it and then unpack it. It's another and I think, uh, story that Jesus does a miracle. And uh, 
you know, this particular miracle that, that he does, I think we're gonna probably be able to relate to probably more than we ever did before. So, so here it is, it's on your app or in your Bible. If you have your Bible, open that up. Luke chapter five, verse 12 through 16. I wanna read this from the, passage, uh, the Passion Translation. It's a newer one, but I, I really think it's just real easy to understand. Here it is, Luke chapter five. It says, one day while Jesus was ministering in a certain city, he came upon a man covered with leprous sores. He was a leper. Uh, is what the disease is called, leprosy. We'll, we'll talk about this in a minute. And, and when the man recognized Jesus, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet and he begged him to heal him, saying, if you are willing, you could completely heal me. He says, Jesus, if you're willing, I know you could heal me. He goes on and says, and Jesus reached out. Don't miss this. Jesus reached out. Listen, the church is never at its best when we're trying to just hang on, hold on, and get through this. That is not the purpose of the Christian church. That's really not the mission or purpose of any church. We're just going to hang on until, until this is over. The church is always at its best when we are reflecting what Jesus did. And Jesus reached out. Jesus reached out to this man in the middle of his disease. Jesus reached out to touch those that were untouchable. Jesus reached out. When everyone wanted to stay in, Jesus reached out. And that's why a miracle happens. Because he wasn't just trying to survive and get through. Jesus reached out. Jesus reached out and touched him and said, of course, of course I'm willing to heal you, and now you will be healed. Instantly, the leprous sores were healed, and his skin became smooth. Leprosy, the disease itself, uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a real grotesque disease because literally... Uh, your extremities begin to, to rot the skin and fall off. Fingers, toes, nose, ears. It, it just rots the flesh. And immediately his skin became smooth and was healed. The story goes on and says, And Jesus said, Tell no one what happened, but go to the priest and show him you've been healed. This was required in the Old Testament. It said that if a leper, it actually had provision for it, if, if someone with leprosy uh, was actually healed, they had to go to the priest first. The priest would check them off and basically give them a clean bill of health. And so Jesus says, Follow those instructions and do that. Uh, go to the priest and show him that you've been healed. And to show that you've been purified, make an offering for your cleansing. This was also required in the Old Testament. Just as Moses commanded, and you will become a living testimony to them. Like God's going to get the glory for what he's doing because you've been healed. The story goes on and says, after this miracle, the news of Jesus spread even farther. Massive crowds continually gathered to hear him speak and to be healed from their illnesses. One miracle, just ripple miracles. Ripples and ripples of miracles. Why? Don't miss it. Because Jesus reached out. Jesus reached out. That began, Jesus' outreach began to be the platform for the miraculous power of God. Hmm, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? 
Jesus reached out, and because he reached out, God, he he healed in a miraculous way because he was God, and it created a ripple effect of miracles in the community. But Jesus often slipped away from them and went into the wilderness to pray. Where was the power? Prayer. Prayer. So important. Man, there's so much in this story. I just want to take the rest of our time just unpacking and apply it to our lives today because I think there's some things we can really learn from this. Leprosy was, again, it's incurable. Think about this for just a minute. Sound familiar? Incurable, highly contagious disease. It was a physical issue. It was also not only a physical issue, it was a spiritual issue. It was a social issue. Uh, the, 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 the requirements of someone who had leprosy, think about this for a minute. When they walked into town, if they ever did go into town, normally they had colonies actually of lepers outside the town because nobody wanted to mess with them. They were in quarantine. They were isolated all by themselves. And and if they came into town for any reason, they literally had to yell out, unclean, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine that? That humiliation, that shame. So basically they're saying more than just get six feet away from me. You, you need to run and hide, grab your kids. You know, nobody come near me. Unclean, unclean. And yet Jesus reaches out to the one who had been isolated, the one who had been quarantined, the one who was not only suffering physically, but was suffering spiritually and emotionally and even relationally. And he touches them. He touches them and he heals them. I think for many of us, it's time for us to get our minds off of this mess and get our minds on a miracle. Think about it for just a minute. This miracle never would have taken place if this man who had leprosy had not have asked for it. He said, he begged, if you're willing, I know you can heal me. And Jesus says, of course I'm willing. Of course I'm willing. And he received a healing that day, a miracle that day. Jesus loved the least. Jesus loved the outcast. Jesus loved the untouchables. Listen, Valley family, we're the most like Jesus when we're not afraid to touch those that are isolated, that are needy, that are hurting. The church of Jesus Christ is never at its best when we're just holding on. We're always at our best when we're moving out and outreaching and reaching those that have been forgotten, just like Jesus. In fact, let me put it this way. The prerequisite of a miracle is an impossible situation. It's not a miracle unless it's impossible. 
It's not a miracle unless it looks like it's dire, unless there's real darkness. It's not a miracle. The prerequisite for a miracle is an impossible situation. Every miracle that Jesus did was unique, and there are lessons that you and I can learn from every single miracle that he did. At the same time, every miracle that Jesus did had one thing in common, and you know what that was? A need. There was a need. There was a need because the prerequisite, if we could just go back, the prerequisite of a miracle is an impossible situation. And so there was a need. The problem, the challenge, the difficulty, it was always about turning Jesus' way in the middle of all that. Instead, it's like needs were just a a magnet to Jesus. Instead of him looking the other way, instead of him turning the other way, instead of him just saying, you know what, no, 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 I I can't deal with you now. I got my own, you know, know, other stuff that I have to work on over here. Needs pulled Jesus in that direction. And and you and I as followers of Jesus Christ, when when we're aware of needs like there are in our community, it needs to pull us in the direction of those needs. That's what Jesus would do. What would Jesus be doing right now? You know what I think he'd be doing? I think he'd be serving those that are hungry. I I think he'd be providing meals. I I think he'd be bringing groceries. I think he would be out there reaching out to the need, not just trying to survive, just get through. He'd be reaching out. And that's why I say, Valley family, you're incredible because you are. You are Jesus' hands and feet in our community. And I'm just so thankful for Austin and Danielle Flores and Flores Food Truck, that they're a part of our church family. And, 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 and it's just a passion of the Floreses to, to, to reach out. And it has been. That's why God put this dream in, in Austin and Danielle's heart to move back here to Poughkeepsie from Hawaii, y'all. They were in Hawaii. Austin called me and he said, hey, doc, I just want to let you know we're moving back to the States. And I was like, really? Where, where are you moving from? I was like, that's great, you, you know, and because uh, they had been uh, here, you know, for a few years before that when he was in the culinary. And uh, he said, uh, well, we're moving back to Poughkeepsie. I was like, Poughkeepsie? Why? And you know what they said? You can ask them. It's because of the church. It's because of Valley Christian Church. We're moving from Hawaii back to Poughkeepsie. We could live anywhere. But, but God gave us a dream about this fleet of food trucks that we could serve those that are in need. This is years ago, a couple years ago. Listen, y'all, God is that big. God is so much bigger than we realize. And God is doing so much more than we actually are aware of. God knew God knew. It was just last fall that that Austin got his third food truck. And now those are going all over the place. With with your help, your your support, Valley Family, people coming out and packing and and, and cooking and smoking meats and all this stuff. And now they're going out and they're doing it. They're doing this dream that God had put into their heart that brought the Floreses all the way from Hawaii back here to Poughkeepsie the Valley Christian Church. God is moving. God's doing miracles right now, even around us, if we just open our eyes. The prerequisite of a miracle is an impossible situation. You know, and uh, it's kind of interesting. 
I'd almost put it this way, that uh, need nominates you for a miracle. Need nominates, and you're like, well, I don't remember anybody nominating me, but uh, I sure do have a need. It kind of reminds me when I was in, uh, my wife and I were in Bible college before we were married, we were just boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, my, my senior year, actually we were engaged right before my senior year of Bible college, and uh, at the end of the, right before my, the summer, so the end of my junior year, we had this big banquet every year, all the student body, and they announced student government at that time, and, uh, and I'm sitting there, and they say for the fall, for the next year coming up, uh, the student body president is going to be Greg Williamson, and I was like, what? I wasn't running for any, what? And uh, there was no elections or anything like that. It was actually the president of the college and the administration that decided who the student body president was going to be. And uh, so they nominated me, basically, and appointed me, you're going to be student body president. And uh, I've told the story before. I mean, we didn't know it was going to happen that summer. The church ended up split, and it was just a mess. And, and man, it was a, it was a, I had a lot of need I've been nominated as a student body president. I had a big need trying to lead the student body through all that. It was, it was a, lot of, you know, a lot of repercussions as a result of that. But God saw us through. And it just kind of reminds me of that story, like need nominates miracle. <laughs> and we saw God do some incredible things during that season, that last year, our senior year uh, in Bible college. Because there was some, some really great needs. You know, and sometimes we use this word miracle. We use it kind of flippantly, don't we? I mean, we, we talk about, oh, that was a, a miracle play in sports. Or, or, or maybe that was a miracle on ice. You know, the hockey team in the Olympics in 1980. A miracle on 34th Street around Christmas time. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, somebody, uh, you know, might you know, get a haircut. And man, man, that barber just did a miracle with my hair. Uh, by the way, I hadn't, I hadn't paid for a haircut in 20 years, and some of y'all need it, <laughs> guys, I'm talking to you, uh, but, but I've been putting my own hair, and, and I don't know that that'd be called a miracle. I would say it's called a $17 pair of clippers for 20 years has been doing it. It's not a miracle what's happening up here. I need a miracle because I have a need. I have a need. Need nominated for a miracle. You know, we even call it like miracle whip. Glory to God. Miracle whip. Yum, yum. All things we call miracle. You know, maybe you're in school and you're like, man, I didn't know if I'd get that assignment done, but I got it done on time. It was a miracle. It wasn't. It really wasn't a, a miracle. Here's a good definition of a miracle. A miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting as divine intervention in human affairs. That's what a real miracle is. It, it, it is extraordinary event manifesting as divine intervention in human affairs. In other words, it's when God steps in and he personally does something, or he empowers you or someone else to do something that, that otherwise they could not have done. It would have been completely impossible. That's what a miracle really is. A miracle is when God intervenes, when his power, I love this, collides with reality. When God's power, when his providence collides with reality. And I think we need to get our minds off the mess sometimes. We need to get our minds on the God of miracles. Because he's the one that can help us more than anyone else can. And you know, in the New Testament, actually there are 80 miracles that are recorded, Matthew through Revelation. And as we take, a, I just want to take a closer look now at this one in Luke chapter 5 that we just read about Jesus healing this leper. Because I think there's some lessons 
You know, God does his best work. Can I put it this way? God does his best work, this miracle, in the middle of isolation, in the middle of separation, in the life of this quarantined and untouchable man. That's why I think this miracle is so practical for you and me today. And so there's three things that we need to know, we need to learn about Jesus as we look at this miracle of him healing this man with leprosy. Three things that, that we need to be reminded of about Jesus' character, that he's the one we're following, he's the one that we serve, he's the one that we put at the center of our life. And you know what happens when you and I put him at the center of our life? Our life begins to reflect his character who he is. And so, three things we need to remember. Here's the first one. Jesus is a noticer. Jesus is a noticer. Jesus notices what's going on around him. Jesus doesn't have just, just blinders on, just thinking about, you know, just, just those closest to him, nobody else. Jesus is a noticer. Jesus knows what's going on in your life right now. Jesus knows what's going on in my life right now. He's fully aware of everything that you and I are going through, just like he was fully aware of everything that this man with leprosy was going through. He's aware. He's a noticer. He's a noticer. I, I, I love, he, he, he noticed so much, when you think about it, he noticed so much that when our Heavenly Father said, Jesus, you're the remedy for the sin of humanity. I want you to go. That, that he came to this earth. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus is a noticer. You know why? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, our Heavenly Father is a noticer. The Holy Spirit is a noticer. They're one and the same. Jesus is a noticer. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. The Bible says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, you and me. Jesus was perfect. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's why Jesus came Jesus came to live a sinless life and to lay that life down as a sacrifice and a substitute for you and for me. And he paid the price for your sins and my sins so that he could build a bridge. He was a bridge that we could have a relationship with God because he built the bridge. He made a way when there was no way. And he rose again three days later. That's what, that's what it's all about. Jesus made it because he's a noticer. He knew what was going on, and he knows what's going on with you right now, and what's going on with me right now. Here's the second thing. Jesus is a reacher. <laughs> Jesus is a reacher. I, I just can't say this clearer. As followers of Jesus, we're always at our best. We're always reflecting his love to the world around us when we're reaching out. Because that's what he did. When we're reaching out. Jesus was a reacher. 
He reaches through social distancing. He reaches you and me. He, he reaches out to you in the crowd. He, he reaches out to you in your home. He reaches out to you in the car because Jesus is a reacher. That's what he does. He always reaches out. Jesus not only was a noticer, he was a reacher. And, and so let me put it this way. You, you're never too sick for Jesus to reach you. You're never too contagious for Jesus to reach you. You're never too unclean. You're never too out of reach. You've never messed up so bad that Jesus can't reach you. Jesus is a reacher. You've never blown it so bad that Jesus can't reach you. That's the heart of our church. That, that, that's, why, that's why we're doing these Facebook Lives and that's why we're on Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and all these things. You know why? Because we believe we're supposed to be like Jesus and reach out. Reach out. Reach out and, and, and touch people with the love of Jesus Christ. Reach out and serve our first responders that are serving every one of us being out there on the front lines. Where do you get an idea like that from, Greg? Jesus? That's what he does. Jesus notices. Jesus is a reacher. You know, talking about reaching out, <laughs> Easter, our Easter services, we had people log in from 13 different countries. I'd say that's pretty good outreach. 13 different nations reaching out. Because that's what Jesus does. He's a reacher. Jesus is a noticer. Jesus is a reacher. And here's the third one. Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a healer. He does miracles. And he's willing. He, he's willing when Jesus touched the leper, think about it. When Jesus touched the leper, Jesus didn't get what he had. The leper got what Jesus had. He healed him. Jesus wasn't infected. The leper was infected with a miracle. That's why he reaches out. So many times, you know, I heard it before and people say, well, where are all the miracles today? Uh, they're out there if we'll reach out. <laughs> they're not out there when you're playing it safe. When we're just trying to survive and get through, no miracles there. The miracles are when we reach out. Jesus is a noticer. He's a reacher. And Jesus is a healer. And so you know what I want to just encourage you with today? You can bring your problem to Jesus. Whatever your need is, whatever your dilemma, whatever your lack, your sickness, your, your chains, your addictions, whatever, whatever right now you're feeling like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can take another week like this. That the struggle is so strong, the struggle is so real. Listen, Jesus has noticed. Jesus is reaching. Jesus wants to heal you.
He will help us. He will help you and he will give you hope because he's a healing Jesus. And so you know what I want to do right now? I want to nominate you for a miracle. Just like, wait a minute, I wouldn't run for it. I want to nominate you for a miracle. If you have a need in your life right now, you're nominated for a miracle. Turn to Jesus. The man with leprosy had to turn to Jesus and say, if you're willing, I know you can do this. And Jesus said, of course. Of course I'm willing. So powerful. So powerful. And, and you know what? So, so right now, if you have a need, even if you're watching at home, maybe with your family, or maybe you're in the car or in a break room right now, you know, first responder, and you're, you're watching this, or maybe you're in your squad car, <laughs> you know, a, a police officer, and you're watching this on a break, just, just raise your hand right now. I want to nominate you for a miracle. If you have a need, just raise your hand. I know it's silly, but you know what? There, there's some crazier stuff going on right now than you raising your hand in your living room. Raise your hand. Saying, Jesus, I, I need a miracle. You're now nominated for a miracle. And all of heaven seconds that motion and says, I. All in, of heaven says in, they're in favor and says, I. Listen, before we're done right now, I, I want to share with you what's, what's really the miracle of all miracles. And maybe you've never experienced this. The greatest of miracles is the miracle of salvation. That's the greatest miracle. The miracle of miracles. Jesus died so that you could live. Not just survive, but that you could live the life that God created you for with Jesus at the center of it. Following him. Walking in his steps. Allowing the Holy Spirit to change our hearts and transform our minds to become more like Jesus. A reflection of his hope, his love, his purpose, his passion for this world. That those around us would see the change in our hearts and how we love and reach out to others. And they'd say, I want what you got. I want what you got. What we got is not a something, it's a someone. His name is Jesus. He died so that you could live. He took your pain. He took your shame. So that he could heal your heart and heal your soul. And if you've never done it before right now, I just want to lead you in a prayer that you can repeat after me. Because the Bible says that if we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And a miracle happens. We become spiritually alive in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. I'm not talking about schizophrenia. Uh, <laughs> the Holy Spirit comes inside and begins to work on the inside, changing us and transforming us to become more like Jesus, a reflection of him. And so what I want to do right now is 
I'm just going to ask you, even in your living room, wherever you're at, just go ahead and bow your heads with me right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your miraculous power that's available for each and every one of us today. Lord, if we've got needs, we've been nominated for the miraculous, for your miraculous touch. And and Lord, I just nominate every single person watching this online campus right now that has a need. Lord, I pray that we would all just open our hearts up to to the miracle maker, your son, our savior, Jesus Christ. And we would turn to him and knowing that he, of course, is willing and he's able to touch our lives with his miraculous power in our point of need. Lord, we need Jesus so much. We need a touch from him so much. And so, Lord, we, we, we move our focus from the mess around us to you, the God of miracles. And we invite your touch in our life where we need it the most. And right now, if you've never prayed before, I just want to lead you in this prayer. You can repeat after me right now. And just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from my sins today. Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward. I invite your miraculous power into my life and I will follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now listen, right now I want you to do me a favor. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, congratulations, that is the most powerful prayer you can ever pray. Receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, opening your heart up to him. If you did that, uh, I want to ask you to do me a favor. First of all, congratulations. You just began a new relationship, newfound faith with Jesus Christ. And, and I want you to do me a favor. You'll see uh, on the frame of this online campus that, that there's actually a little button there that says communication card. If you'll click on that, it'll take you to a little form. If you'll fill that out, there's like three questions on it, next to nothing. We wanna, we're, we're not going to call you on the phone. We're, we're not going to come knocking at your door, especially at this time, or we're never going to do it. In fact, we don't even ask for your address on the form. Just your email and phone number. We, we just want to send you some information, email. It's going to help you to grow in your newfound faith with Jesus Christ so that your roots will go down deep into him and your relationship will get stronger and stronger and stronger. Because right now it's like you were just born. It was like you're, you're an infant. And we want you to grow and mature and get strong in your faith in Jesus Christ. So take a minute, just fill out that form and we'll get the information out to you real quick in the next 24 hours about some some opportunities that we have even in the middle of this quarantine the way that we are so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I wanna invite you back next week uh, to part three in this series about miracles. If this message has been a blessing to you, I just encourage you to share this link on, on social media, Facebook, and, and, and tell everyone, hey, you know what, this, this really touched me today, 
And, and, and that's one of the ways that we can reach out, even in this time, to those that really are searching and looking for help and looking for hope. Just share this link on Facebook or social media and, and let folks know, and you'll be surprised how many people will be clicking because you told them it meant something to you. It brought you hope, and it gave you a clear direction. I love you, Valley family. It's gonna be awesome when we are back together again. We're not there just yet, but we're working real hard as a staff on a, on a plan as, as New York begins to open up in phases. Our church is gonna to begin to open up in, in corresponding phases like that. I'm really, really excited about what God is doing. He's on the move, and we will see you again on Facebook this week uh, and, of course, our online campus next week. God bless you.